0: You are listening to About Progress. This is episode 341, Tips to Uncover Your Creative Side with Michelle Franzoni Thorley. Something I hear a lot from women in this community goes like this, oh, I am so not the creative type. Well, what exactly is that creative type? Do you imagine someone who is constantly full of imaginative ideas and living in this messy space with arts and crafts all over the place, someone who lives on this edge of genius or insanity. Now, I totally think there is a small percentage of awesome people who reflect that type of creativity. I believe there are as many creative types as there are people. This month, we are learning how to cultivate more creativity in our lives. And I wanted to start by enforcing this idea in you you are creative. It matters deeply to harness into your creativity, because it's a big part of how you can connect to who you are. Today, you are going to hear an interview I did with Michelle Franzoni Thorley. You might know her as Flora Familiar on Instagram. And the first reason I was drawn to Michelle was because of her burgeoning artistry. She is a self-taught artist. I also found in her these amazing sources of creativity that were quite untraditional ways that gave me permission to create more and to even be more creative about what counted as creative. In addition to being a blossoming artist, Michelle is also a family historian, a plant fanatic, and an online anti-racism educator, among other things. Much of how she uncovered her creative side started back as a child, who was raised in poverty and getting creative with problem solving and making the most of what she had. Michelle will share in this episode, how she uncovered her creative side and why that mattered to her and why it still matters now. And she'll also share some amazing tips on how you can do the same, how you can uncover your creativity and heal yourself along the way and heal others too. Both people that are present and people in the past. And we're not talking about ghosts. I think you're going to love the connection she makes to creativity and our ancestors. Your creativity is absolutely there for you. Today, let's help you find out how you are indeed the creative type. Welcome to About Progress. I am your host, Monica Packard, And I don't want you to just listen to this show. I want it to change you. This community of progressors empowers women to take on radical growth via sustainable changes. Are you motivated and ready to grow in your identity, purpose, and productivity? You can when you remember that life is about progress, not perfection. You already heard in this introduction how I shared that connecting back to your creativity is part of the path of connecting back to you, to who you are. If you feel lost in your life, if you feel that you don't even know where to start on uncovering who you are, creativity or not, and if you don't even know who you want to be, I want you to join my foundational course called Finding Me. Here is what a recent student of the course said, quote, I thought it was well worth the time and money. I loved it. I learned so much about myself and have hope for the future. I have so much more to learn and that's a good thing. Unquote. I would love for you to be in this course so that you can experience that same thing. So you can learn who you are, that you can spend a little time on yourself and in the process, uncover things that you did not know about who you are and what matters to you. You can access the course by going to aboutprogress.com slash finding me. And in this course, you'll access more authenticity in your life more confidence and alignment. Again, that's aboutprogress.com slash finding me. Michelle, we are so excited to have you on about progress. Welcome. Hi, thanks. It's so good to have you here. I've been an admirer of yours. For a long time, I've really loved uh, seeing your art and how you are working on that and going to school for it and progressing in it. But I've also valued seeing your creativity go into so many other incredible ways that inspire me beyond just the artistic forms of creativity. So I've asked you on here today because I love that you apply your creativity in so many areas in your life and women who are listening to this show, I think a lot of them automatically discount themselves from being creative because they can't see beyond this perfect mold of what they think it's supposed to look like. So we're going to help them uncover that. But first let's (laughs) hear this from you. Uh, How did you uncover your own creativity and the many different ways it could transform and how it could play out? And did you ever get stuck in that place of thinking that you couldn't or that you shouldn't? I just want to hear your own creativity story to start.
1: First of all, Thank you so much for inviting me to the show. This is exciting. And and I love, I love fighting perfectionism in any form because it's just, it's so harmful. And I think creativity has this, this stereotype of perfection and it's this, this gift that is is bestowed on only a select few people and either you have it or you or you don't and I think those stereotypes are totally dumb (laughs) And, (laughs) and I'm not having it so I think one of the things I wanted to first say also was like creativity I think we need to start thinking about it breaking those stereotypes and talking about innovation Mm-hmm. And, and, and ultimately creativity is about progression. It's about progress. Yeah, yeah. Love um, it. So I, you know, as a kid, I grew up under the poverty level. I am a daughter of a single mom. And I say that with so much pride in my heart and any, any kids of single moms out there knows what I mean. If, if you're not a, a child of a single mom, you might not know how much pride we take in, in holding that title, because it means we are resilient. It means we are creative. It means we are resourceful. Mm -hmm. It means so many wonderful qualities. So I attribute a lot of my creativity to growing up under the poverty level and not having access to a lot of things. I think as a kid, you know, my mom did the best she could to nurture any creativity in me but it was really hard because I didn't I didn't have access to art classes I didn't have access to supplies to make art so my creativity was just using what was around me and and turning art um, into that I I will say I I have a distinct memory of I think I was in the fourth grade and I had I had a lot of learning disabilities and at that time I'm kind of (laughs) old so at that time they weren't really diagnosing people you were just Mm. considered dumb or slow or whatever Mm. and so I had this amazing teacher who saw that I I could draw well and she really nurtured that in me and she would hold up my art in front of the whole class and say, wow, look at Michelle's art. Michelle, you're such an artist. And I think mm-hmm. that was like one of the first memories I have of someone besides my parents really seeing that in me that I I was creative.
0: It seems like it's twofold here. It's both the artistic bent, of course, but that it had to be cultivated both within yourself and not given permission by others, but om- almost like the the insight. This is who you are. It yeah. was a, for it to really be centered in as part of your identity. And I wanted to get into that as well as though how I see the creativity just coming out practically. You know, just like getting resourceful, getting innovative yeah. about things that you had around your home and what you could use and 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 how to make the most of of what you had. So let's go to the identity part a little bit though. So as sure. you were able to kind of identify yourself as an, art, an artist, as a creative, how did that evolve as you grew up?
1: Your viewers can't see me, but I am Mexican-American. So I am a person of uh, mixed ancestry. So I have ancestors of all the colors. <laughs> and I'm, I'm also very proud of that. But growing up, I was one of the only Children of color in my school, and my community, and also being Mexican, there was a lot of stereotypes um, about what who Mexicans were. And then I was the daughter of a single mother, mm-hmm. so I had a lot of these really negative stereotypes placed on my head about who I was, what I could accomplish. And I think artist was one of the first labels that someone else had given me that was positive that I. I instinctually felt pride in and wanted to to lean into, but a lot of a lot of my creativity and my identity came this pride of me being able to solve problems, being able to to do things other people couldn't figure out to do with less.
0: Mm-hmm. You talked about how creativity is problem solving, and yeah. you know we talked about you are an artist, obviously you're also a family historian. You're also um, an educator online and you've been doing this in so many beautiful ways. And I imagine a lot of that involves problem solving and every, every single way that your creativity manifests itself. So let's lean on to the problem solving aspect a little bit more. Yeah. I want it's to hear really more
1: interesting that. because I think a lot of people don't see how all the things that I do are connected. And for me, for for a lot of people, they're probably all separate things in separate categories. But for me, art, creativity, family history, anti-racism work, they are all very intimately connected. I think one thing that many people with primarily European ancestry don't realize about family history for people of color is that it is so different. Any nation that has been colonized has this unique set of problems into doing family history. And then you add in racism, white supremacy, all those things. And it really makes it so complex and hard. You know, a lot of people of color, we don't have family photographs. We don't have documents. We don't have stories. We don't have recipes, all those all the traditional things that you think would fall under family history. We don't have a beautiful circular fan chart hanging on our wall with all of our ancestors smiling down, you know, (laughs) at us. And so one thing about the family history industry right now is it's very exclusive And, and people don't like to think about it like that, but there's so many times where me or other people of color have been trying to do our family history and we hit this block and the answers we get, or just sorry, wait until the next life, or sorry, there's nothing you can do. And I don't take that. (laughs) Like, I'm not just going to sit here and let you tell me, sorry, you can't be included. I'm going to be creative Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and make a space for myself and for my ancestry. But I believe with family history, the spiritual aspect of it, that when we heal past wounds, generational traumas, that we can also heal our past ancestry, that we can make reparations in the present and that we can make things better for the future generations. That's um, beautiful, Michelle.
0: I've never heard takes, that described that way, but it, it really, makes total sense to me. And I wish that was the way it was framed better. Um, what you were it. saying about that though, is, and I had I, cut you off, you were saying something about how that lends itself to problem solving, I think, or maybe innovation.
1: Yeah, so being uh, being a person of color, being a woman, if you want to be included in a lot of things, you're going to have to get creative. You're going to have to innovate and you're going to have to create things that you've never seen before. And you're going to have to create spaces for yourself and for other people in your life and the the future women of color that are going to come after you. It's, it's never about me. It's always about we. So that all takes creativity and innovation to get things to progress, right? Right? You know? Yeah,
0: well, I am thinking about, it's never about me, it's always about we. That's what you just said. Mm -hmm. That I think is one of the biggest barriers to creativity. And we were talking about this off the air, right? That Mm -hmm. people don't even go into being artistic or creative in whatever way it looks for them because they think it's reflective on them. Yeah. And gonna, so,
1: yeah. So one of the, the things we were talking about earlier, like it is very common. Almost every single child in the world is encouraged to pick up a box of crayons and to draw. doesn't matter what they draw. doesn't matter if they're in a coloring book or they're free, you know, drawing from their, their mind. And it doesn't matter what their drawings look like. It's just like a celebration of creativity. And then somehow we go from these kids where it just, art is is a way of expression and it's except widely accepted no matter what it looks like to where we're adults and how many adults do you know that draw just mm-hmm. for fun so
0: few yeah any. yeah
1: and and a lot of them that do draw or paint it's their artists they're they they sell mm-hmm. their art they sell their work and uh, I, I I found myself wondering what is happening in the in between? Why as children are we making art and then not making it as adults? And I think it has a lot to do with perfectionism. unless our art blows people's minds and it looks our our portrait of our grandmother looks just like a photograph, then it's not even worth doing. And I think we need to fight that as much as possible because there's so much magic in the in between. Hmm. And what if you created art just for yourself? What if you were stressed out and you sat down with a box of glorious, beautiful crayons and pulled out all your favorite colors and just just drew. It doesn't even matter what it looks like at the end. It does it's not for anyone but you. I think I think we are we are cutting ourselves off from really beautiful parts of our humanity. And and I think we're also cutting off a really great way. One of the things that's so great about art is what it does to our brains. And it helps us to process. And for me, you know, we're doing family history for people of color. We have to face colonialism. We have to place, face enslavement, poverty, racism. We have to face a lot of really sad, you know, sexual abuse really sad things that a lot of Eurocentric people don't have to face. Maybe they have one or two ancestors that had, you know, had to deal with these things, but for people of color, it's like on every single branch of every, of mm-hmm. the whole tree, especially for, you know, our African-American brothers and sisters have to face that a lot when they do family history. And so I, I, I had this moment where, you know, I knew the farther I went back, I knew that, that my, one of my great grandfathers was European and then one of my great grandmothers was indigenous Mexican. And most likely because we know a lot about history, you know, that may or may not have been consensual. I have ancestors African ancestors that were enslaved you know my one of my great grandmothers is was an enslaved woman and you know her son on the record is is mulatto and mulatto means half black half white and Mm -hmm. so if she's Mm -hmm. black and he's white like was that consensual like Mm -hmm. she's enslaved probably not and so we have to like face all these things and it's really traumatic and our brain does not know what to make sense of it. We are the product of the oppressor and the oppressed, hmm. the enslaver and the enslaved, the colonizer and the colonized. Like we are both people like we exist because of, of all those things that have happened and it's complex and it's really hard to process. And one of the things I began to do is I begin to paint my ancestors and I, I had a hard time facing and trying to understand my white male ancestors but what I wanted to do I had this thought of what if my you know my white male ancestor what about his mother like what is it going to be like spiritually when this white grandmother meets her you know biracial (laughs) granddaughter for the first time and that relationship if you remove the man and, and what he did That relationship between the women, the grandmother, the daughter, Mm. (laughs) the granddaughter, what that would look like. And I painted that in a painting and I wasn't intending to do this, but the result was just, I was able to process it. Hmm. My brain had a really hard time trying to figure out how to deal with these things, how to feel about it, what to think about it. And just painting that really helped my brain to heal in a way. And I still don't have all the answers. It's still very complex, of course. Um, but it's, it's a way it's, it's making progress.
0: Mm-hmm. It's,
1: it's pushing through it. And I wouldn't been able to do that without creativity. And I wouldn't be able to do that if I was holding myself to some perfect yeah. thing, because I, I'm not, I don't have an art education. I am a self-taught artist. I, was in a terrible car accident in my twenties and I have a spinal injury and it's really hard and painful to paint after my, after my car accident. And so one day this was like four, only four years ago, I'm a mother of three young kids. And I just, I didn't see the art that was reflecting me that looked like me, that looked like my family history and my experience And I kept getting all these ideas, like, what if if a painting looked like this, and they could do this and use this color. And I thought about reaching out to artists and asking them to paint this, but once again, we didn't have a lot of money, and so I couldn't rely on money to help me along. I had to get creative. I had a problem solve, and so one of the ways, since I was a little girl, you know, if you want that cute skirt but can't buy it. Maybe you can make it.
0: Hmm.
1: Or if you want to you know do something, maybe you can find some pine cones in the backyard and spray paint them and figure out how to make because I, I couldn't go to the craft store and buy things. And so I decided, well, if I want to do that, maybe I could make it myself. So I would stay up late at night watching YouTube videos after my kids went to sleep, and I taught myself how to paint. I didn't know what I was doing yeah it it definitely was not professional or fine art or looked like the photograph but it was authentic Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and it was it was me it was Mm. it was authentic it was truthful and and ultimately a lot of my art even though I do sell a lot of my art I make it for me first And then if it resonates with other people, cool. If it doesn't, then that's, that's okay too.
0: This thread I can see, you know, interwoven with not only all the things you do, but also your own history, as well as your generational history is, you know, a loss of identity and you learning how to make sense of your own, to come home to your own, as well as healing the lost identity of those in the past And I love that creativity can just be that simple. It's just about tapping into who you are, period. And it can look a lot of different ways. It doesn't have to be artistic.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the thing with family history is it has all these stereotypes of what qualifies for family history. And one of the things I talk a lot about on social media is that family history is a multifaceted jewel. Yeah, sure. Some facets are, you know, beautiful vintage photography and some facets are documents and heirloom recipes, but some, some forms of family history are, are therapy, (laughs) generational Mm -hmm. healing, self-care. You know, a lot of times our ancestors had never had the opportunity to eat healthy foods, never Mm -hmm. had the opportunity to receive Help for their depression. the depression—the same depression and anxiety that that I suffer with. I know my ancestors suffered with also, mm-hmm. and their only option was to drink alcohol. and And I come from a long line of alcoholics, and I used to be ashamed of that. But I think about them feeling the way that I feel now, and not have anyone to talk to, any resources, yeah. anything to lift the crushing, mm-hmm. soul crushing pain of of depression the only thing they had to do was alcohol. And, and in, and now I am the first one in many generations. I can go see a therapist. I can do self-care. I can exercise. I can take vitamins. I can do so many things that they never had the opportunity to do. And I also believe that is family history. Also hairstyles and jewelry and, and mm. dancing, like all those things also are family history. And when we broaden what family history is, that's when we start to make it inclusive and let everybody in and let everybody have a part of it. And I think what's so important about that is family history is, is authenticity. Hmm. It is, we are not our ancestors, but a lot of the times the amount of privilege, social economic privilege we have is because of choices that our ancestors made. Mm-hmm. or choices that were made for them or lack of choices, who we are and where we are today in our lives has so much to do with choices our ancestors made and knowing their stories and knowing the complexity of their lives, good and bad, the things that they faced, really gives us our authenticity. Beautiful. And, and we can only tap into that through creativity.
0: Mm-hmm as well as, you know, taking ownership of our choices. I mean, if we're going to be talking about needing to be finding a way to be authentic, to be innovative, to problem solve, that also goes back to agency, you know, being, you know, we have, we have the opportunity now to, to really be able to have more choice. And so it can be just being creative about how you're going to choose to live your life and the things you're going to do. I want to touch on before we give some pointers for for the women who are listening I do want to touch on the process of creativity because you talked about how there's magic in the in-between and the in-between is messy you yeah. know as you learn to be <laughs> as you self-taught yourself to be an artist and now you're going through a program is or what is it called is it a training or a program school what is it that you're doing with Kirk so in?
1: I was very fortunate through social media to find a mentor and my mentor his name is Kirk Richards yeah and he recently started an artist academy so you can also attend in person but also people all across the country are doing it online and it's a way for for women who think that their time has passed who their their opportunity left and there's no I mean it's not just for women but it's for everyone anyone that wants to come can come but a lot of us you know are older we're mothers And maybe we could have said, "Oh, arts for us! Like all my opportunity to be an artist, to be a professional artist, is gone."
0: Hmm.
1: And you know, I was thirty-four when you started. Yeah, no, when I started creating art again. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, and just I just he actually opened this academy just last year. So the fact he you could open an academy in twenty (laughs) twenty. Yeah. And uh, still have it running through 2021 is pretty awesome. And so I, it, it is an opportunity for me to actually get an art education, which, you know, I could continue to watch YouTube videos, but it would have been so slow, my progress. And I think one thing about art is it's so awesome to have trusted feedback from people you care about. And that's, that's another way you can progress is by willing to take the feedback and say, you're right. I could do this a little bit better next time.
0: And you wouldn't have gotten to this level of knowing when you were ready for this next step. So for more yep. intensive study and yep. mentorship, if you hadn't gone, this is what we do in our community, Michelle, we do yeah. something instead of saying all or nothing. Like, so someone who's like, I want to get back into art again, instead of them going immediately back to school or joining the Academy or doing nothing. Cause they say it's too late for them. It's yep. doing something like you did you know, teaching yourself, getting messy, being imperfect. And now I see you in this intensive training and you're still in that same process. The process is always going to be messy. You're learning how to, to draw human figures right now. And I love seeing your, your work and what you're doing because you're sharing the in-between you're sharing growth. And I, that's another thing that since the beginning of
1: my Instagram, I started it is I show progress shots Because that was something so interesting for me to learn trying to break down art myself and my brain is I would see a painting and I would think, how did they do that? Mm -hmm. And then I would see behind the scenes and I would learn, oh, it starts looking like this. Oh my gosh, this middle part, this underpainting part can look absolutely terrible. And and, and leading up to it, it, but that's where the magic is, is in the middle, is in the mess because you are not only being brave you know cuz bravery is not about the lack of fear bravery is about fear and doing it anyway and so mm-hmm. that's where you flex your bravery muscles that's where you um build up your stamina of courage and and also it's it's where you process and where you can speak your truths i think there's just so much so much good art does for the world I could talk forever and ever about
0: oh that. I love hearing about it I, I I love the creative process so much I I love talking to creatives in general but I firmly believe we are all creative I really think like you've we've been talking about all along here it's innate in us as children we've lost along the way and as we learn to pick up our creativity whether that's artistic or not we are able to pick up ourselves again and be authentic and and nothing feels better than that even though life is still hard and, you know, the mess doesn't go away or you're not suddenly great at whatever you want to work on. There's this inner sense of confidence and strength because you know better who you are. You know what the authentic version of you is and you're paying homage to that in, in the small ways that you're being creative. So I love to hear about that. And I love that you model the, the messy middle too. Let's, let's turn to helping women who are ready to uncover their creative side no matter what that looks like, maybe they're going to do family history like you are, or maybe they're going to get into cooking, or maybe they're going to get into art, or they're going to solve like the education problem <laughs> that we have yeah. all over. So what what can they do to, if they're at the starter steps to uncover? One of, I think
1: the greatest examples of creativity is is looking back at the history of people of color, specifically, well, let's talk about food, for example. So enslaved people were given the worst scraps of the food, things that nor- people, other people didn't want. And through their creativity, through, I'm sure, a messy process and experimentation, they were able to create soul food, which is some of the most delicious and soul warming food Mm -hmm. in the world and they did that with nothing and all around the world indigenous people you know after they were colonized did not have a lot of resources a lot of countries all over the world they take trash and they they make it into something and so I think people of just taking you don't always have to have a large income or so many resources or whatever it's 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 all about experimenting and having fun. And I think the biggest part of creativity is just leaning into your shameless authenticity. Hmm. There's there's no shame in mess. There's no shame in whipping up something disgusting one day because if you keep at it the next day, you might come up with soul food. Yeah. (laughs) Change the world. (laughs) And I think about also like, you know, the steel drum is such a beautiful musical instrument. Enslaved people took, oil drums and made music with them and I think sometimes our privilege and our access to money and being able to throw money at something to solve a problem robs us of our creativity um, and our innovation and in our growth in our soul and so I would say to people you know no matter your your income your background that maybe. Limit yourself to how much money you're going to let yourself throw at it. Yeah, and see what you can do with very little. Whether that's going into the backyard and finding something, going to a thrift store and finding something. Use your creativity, innovation, and problem solving skills with without a lot of money. And you know, the older we get, it's so much easier to to throw some money at something to make the problem go away and it does it does rob us of the most innovative interesting and lasting kind of
0: creativity we also see people a lot of the language that we are is is we're surrounded by right now and and I don't disagree with it is, is is about investing in yourself you know which I do see a lot of value in but I also think that can be a hold up when people are only seeing that as an investment of money yeah. I, I honestly think the the best ways we can start with investing in ourselves is time. Yeah. Just time. And when you do that, then then you're able to better lean into this mess and grow and find more of the authenticity and identity and and confidence that can come through that and be ready for the next step and the next step.
1: And spending time getting to know yourself and, and working out insecurities and becoming shameless and becoming your most authentic self. is so freaking scary. Like let's not negate how scary and hard that is. I think through the pandemic where people have been at home and they've been with themselves, they haven't had their coping mechanisms. They haven't been able to go out and distract themselves. You know, there's been a huge uptick in, in seeing a therapist And I think that's so powerful because I think people are facing stuff Mm -hmm. and they're saying, I'm going to work it out. I'm going to work through the fear and I'm going to, I'm going to find out who I am and it's going to be messy, but I'm willing to face it. Whereas in other times in our lives, you know, the pandemic in some ways was a gift in that way. It was terrible in so, so many other ways. (laughs) And I shouldn't even laugh about that because sometimes you have to laugh. Well, you, yes, you I am just going to say but, that. Yeah. But, but in one way it was good because it made us face our, face our
0: authenticity and our fears. Forced us to see like, who am I and what really matters to me yeah. because so much of our circumstances changed without our permission, Yeah, you know? And anyway, so I'm just, I, I like to hear that it's okay to get messy and explore, but also it's okay to expect to face insecurities. That's part of yeah. the process too. And That's it's part okay of to be
1: afraid hmm. and it's okay to, to,
0: to fail.
1: So much of being creative is, is, is the fear people don't, people don't want to, or they don't think they have, they are creative because they think they're going to fail. And. Spoiler alert. You will. You will, but I, I, I can't, we, I wish I knew this quote off the top of my head, but there's a wonderful quote by Theodore Roosevelt and, or it's a poem. And he's talking about the person in the ring versus the person in the stands. Oh, and the man that in the arena. Yeah. Yeah. And I think about that all the time because, you know, even if you fail, even if on social media, people say all these terrible things or, or whatever is your biggest fear about being bold and being yourself and, and doing what feels authentic to you, no matter what it is, you know, only you are in the arena getting messy and trying to do stuff. Like they're all sitting out there and the only person that could ever criticize you or, or tell you something is someone who's right in there in the arena with you trying to help you. And I think about that a lot with the relationships that I make and the support that I I have now is I I want people that are out there getting messy with me Mm -hmm. and who are trying to innovate with me. And that doesn't mean, you know, when it comes to anti-racism work, that doesn't mean we, we know all the answers, but we're trying to push forward for something. We're trying Mm -hmm. to create progress and that, that does require to get messy and to fail and to be called out on stuff and then to try again.
0: I think you just totally put the process of what this looks like right there in that perfect nutshell. So, you know, going back to some of the tips you say, you know, you've just been covering is, you know, don't get stuck on your limited resources. You don't know, get innovative, get messy, expect in- to face insecurities. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to fail. Anything else you want them to know?
1: Find good support system. Find, you know, think back to when, I, I, one thing that I'm learning for myself is talk to yourself, how, you know, you would talk to someone. So you're never going to, and I think this goes back to a little kid drawing. Mm -hmm. If a little kid is just enjoying themselves drawing and they make this weird purple giraffe, you wouldn't be like, Oh, that giraffe's not, (laughs) not, you know, that giraffe's ugly. You'd be like, awesome. What a cool giraffe. And so I think just surround your surround yourself with people that no matter how messy or gross that recipe gets or weird your art is, or, you know, whatever you're trying to better yourself, surround yourself with people who are going to be like, you got this. That's awesome. Keep trying maybe a little too much salt, but you know, like keep, like keep going and, and have, have that support system. Because like I said, I think we, we talk about a lot of these things and it's like, it's so easy. Just do this. It's so easy. Do this. And I think we negate the fear and the humiliation and all those other things that come with the resiliency and the bravery and they're all tied together. And we can't, we can't just have all the good stuff without the bad. The good is good because of the bad.
0: Yes. And, you know, that support system, I'm just thinking back to the arena stuff is to find someone else who's in their own arena, who's, you know, putting up. The fight. Who is leaning into the fears and insecurities and the mess, and still trying to make progress? And maybe they're not doing the exact same field you are, or medium or whatever it is. But if someone else is in the arena, they can connect with you. They understand. Yeah. Support you. And
1: one other thing I'd like to add is like, there's a term called gaslighting. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Yeah. It happens when you say something and someone totally disregards and tries to invalidate. It's like the opposite of validating someone. It's just like, no, no, that couldn't be that way. Or no, that would be too hard. Or you shouldn't try to do that. Or that's not are that crazy. Big of a deal. That's not that big of a deal. And I think a lot of times too, when you're trying to be creative, when you're trying to innovate and you're trying to do something that never has been done before, or no one has ever seen before, you're going to get a lot of gaslighting of people being like, that's crazy. That's so weird that's you know they're only in their mind they can only see one way to do things one way to do family history one way that that this should be to and parents, to, you know yeah to, parents,
0: to, to garden to decorate your home like what else everything
1: yeah to dress yeah. there's only one way women should dress there's so many things and so when you are being creative have other people in your life that are like huh I mean, they don't even have to agree with you or even like what you're doing. I mean, I think I have a lot of friends that they might not even like my art, but they know that it's authentically me and they, they are like, you know what? I don't, I don't, or even with my anti-racism work, they're like, I don't understand what you're saying and I don't understand your perspective, but I believe that it is true. I believe that it is valid. I believe that those things happen to you. They never happened to me. I've never seen them happen, but I believe you. And I I think when you're trying to be creative and, and do stuff that people have never seen before, you might get pushed back. Like, that's crazy. That's weird. That's ugly. And to have people in your life that even if they might not get it, they're in that arena with you saying, you go, if this feels right to you, you go, you try it. And I, I, no matter what happens, I'm, I'm supporting you and I'm proud of you. And if you fail, you're still my friend. Like, you know, we'll, we'll keep going. And I'm so grateful for those people that I, that I have in my life, my friends and a few family members that really have supported me and um, encouraged me. Even when they didn't, they didn't understand me. They still believed me and believed in me. And I want to be that for other people too, as well, because I know how wonderful it feels
0: to have someone like that in your corner. Mm -hmm. So find those people,
1: find those people and be those people.
0: Yeah. Love it. Michelle, we are a personal development podcast and community. So I always ask my guests a final question about what they are working on themselves personally right now, you know, beyond just work or even the things we talked about, what is a way that you're trying to improve yourself right now? in a loving way.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I am working on my self-talk. I, you know, in my head for so many years, I have, you know, ADD. So I have a really hard time focusing. And in the past, I would just scream at myself in my head, like, come on, focus. You're, you're so done. Like, why do you always, you know, all those negative things. And in the past couple of years, I have been trying to talk to myself like I would to my, to my children or to my friends be like, it's okay. It's okay. If you need to slow down, it's okay. If you need to take a break and listening to positive affirmations, different podcasts, I even have like a a set of cards that are positive affirmations and just trying to rewire that part of my brain where my first initial response to when I'm in trauma or I'm struggling or having a hard time that my first initial response is one of kindness to myself. That, that is what I've been focusing on. And I think it does bleed out onto, if I can talk that way to myself, it comes so much more natural to talk that way to other people and not be so judging or harsh or invalidating to other people's journeys.
0: That's amazing. Well, I see you living that out in many ways and I'm really proud of you for for taking that step and, and working on that. And I, I we're going to send people to you. So tell them where they should go if they want to connect with you more, Michelle. So, um, my
1: Instagram account is Flora Familiar on Instagram. And then I have, I'm also on Facebook, but I mostly posted Instagram and then I have a Patreon, which is also Flora Familiar. And I love my, my patrons that help support me in my artistic journey and and getting the supplies and stuff I need to continue to create so that's pretty much where you'll find me at
0: we'll have that all linked for them in the show notes Michelle this has been a fabulous conversation I've enjoyed every minute of it thank you so much
1: awesome thank you for having me
0: I hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants that you need to grow I know it did for me I love that this included so many different facets of of topics to cover. I mean, we talked about racism, we talked about family history, we talked about creativity, we talked about mental health, and it all came back together. Just such a beautiful conversation. I'm so grateful for Michelle, and I hope that you go and give her a follow. If this episode made you think of someone in particular, maybe a friend or a family member, go ahead and share it with them. And if you do that on social media, please make sure you tag me so I can say thank you. We cannot grow this podcast without you. Let's share the progress pointers from this episode. This is where I share the notes that I took so you do not have to take them. And if you want access to a graphic of these progress pointers that I do for every single interview, you can sign up for my Go-Getter newsletter. Go to aboutprogress.com slash Number one, there are creativity stereotypes, but you don't have to fit the mold. Creativity is about progress, about healing yourself and others too. Oh, that was number two. Sorry. Number three, creativity is problem solving and making space for yourself. Four, it's never about me. It's about we. Five, kids have an innate drive to create. Our own perfectionistic standards stunt that drive. Six, there's so much magic in the in-between. Start with doing creative acts for yourself. Seven, this is about tapping into who you are and being authentic to yourself. Eight, don't get stuck on the limited resources you have. Get innovative. Nine, dig in and explore the mess of creativity. Expect to face insecurities and even misunderstanding from others. Ten, it's okay to be afraid. It's okay to fail. And eleven, depend on a good support system. Other people who are in the arena. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. I hope you got a lot of ahas. If you are looking for a place to start, especially when you're thinking about how to belong to yourself again, and how many of that, uh, many ways that you can do that involve some creativity, get the free resource I have for you called the Belonging Guide. It helps you narrow in on what's missing in your life so that you can learn to belong to yourself. You can find that at aboutprogress.com slash belonging. And if you're ready to take it to the next level, go and sign up for our finding me course at aboutprogress.com slash finding me. Go and do something with what you learned today. And remember that life is about progress, not perfection. Number one, there are creativity stereotypes. You don't have to fit the mode. Mold. That's what